Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third annual Effies. Tonight, your hosts will be talking about the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Here are your hosts, Damon and Kyle. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast. And we're your hosts, Damon and Kyle. Kyle, how's it going? What's up, man? And my axe. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm ready to talk about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes, this is a an Effies, like Katie uh, said. And this is going to be a very awesome, epic of an Effies. And of course, we have our great friend, Anna, with us this time. Anna, how's it going? That's Nenya business. Get it? Oh. It's Galadriel's uh, ring. That's really funny. We're off to a great start. Oh, <laughs> that, that's so great, Anna. I love it. Uh, how you been doing? Oh, you know, just literally finished up my uh, Lord of the Rings binge about, oh, 20 minutes ago. So fresh on my mind. Yes, yes. Kyle, I believe you were just watching as well. I was, yep. Just finished that. Um... I'm also watching, so Dave snuck up on me, and season two already dropped on Hulu, so I've been rewatching uh, season one, and it's just the fucking best. I love that show. Season one is amazing. Have you started season two yet, or no? You're just doing the rewatch? Yeah, I'm just rewatching season one right now. I won't say anything about it. I want to hear what you think once you watch those first two episodes. Then we'll okay. talk. Um, <laughs> I've been binging uh, more Disney movies. I've gotten to Alice in Wonderland, so... Mm. Yes, uh, just trudging along on that. Anna, have you watched anything else recently other than uh, Lord of the Rings? I have, but it's really going to be sad to say. I'm in the middle of a Vampire Diaries binge. <laughs> I've never seen it all the way through. Like I've just seen bits and pieces here, so I figured now might be the time to actually complete it. And I think Buffy is next on my roster. Buffy, it's so good. I can't wait for you to watch that one. Um, You'll probably finish it before I do. This is very <laughs> true. It's dated. We have the receipts. We'll go back to this moment when it happens. Um, yep. But uh, enough niceties, y'all. I believe we're ready for this Lord of the Rings Effies, yeah? Absolutely. Yep. All right. Let's start with that first award. And here are the nominees for the Wallflower Award. Yes, the Wallflower Award. Essentially the award for the person who is not in the movies enough. The one who does the most with the little, the most least amount of time. The person you just want to see more of. Anna, who's your nominee for Wallflower? My nominee is Rosie Cotton. Because when you think about the definition of the award, it's someone who doesn't get a ton of screen time. Rosie didn't get any speaking lines whatsoever. And then when you see Sam pine after her, it really would have supplemented both Fellowship and Return of the King. Just to see that dialogue, like when Sam downs that beer, gets his liquid courage and goes up to talk to her. I really would have loved to see like a minute or two of that scene. I think it would have really rounded out the whole film. I like it. Kyle, what's your nominee? 
so my nominee is our guy Haldir or Haldir. Um, he's played by Craig Parker. He shows up at least in the standard edition. Shows up in a whopping three minutes and thirty four seconds of screen time in the Two Towers. Um, but he's a badass, and he's very crucial to the Battle of Helm's Deep. This is kind of like a Cedric Diggory case where I would have loved to see him in the fight afterwards. Like I, I imagine he would have been just as crucial uh, Minas Tirith in Return of the King. And yeah, he's great. He's probably this like the second best elf in the in the movies after, you know, Arwen. No, JK. Uh, after after Legolas. But uh, he's he's good. And only three minutes. It's I think we should have seen more of him. All right. My nominee, and y'all might reject it. We'll see. Uh, they are in a decent amount of the movie, but I think I was looking at a list, and I think they are maybe close to 20th as far as screen time goes in the in the series. So mine is uh, Miranda Otto as Eowyn. Uh, I just think she's brilliant in every scene she's in. And while we do get a, a fair amount of scenes, I think we could get even more. Um, I, I think she's just so magnetic. I love her character and the story uh, from, you know, from the second to the third. Um, and I wish we would have gotten even more of it. So that's that's my nominee. So, OK, these are all good. These are all I didn't expect you to go for AON, but these are all really good picks because even her, I think they all like immediately have kind of like that screen presence and immediately you do like want more from them. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? Anna, what do you think of these nominees? See, initially my knee jerk reaction was Haldier just because, you know, Craig Parker has such a screen presence, right? He was, uh, I think he was in rain and Spartacus too. Even he's on the screen for such a short amount of time, but you just, you love him. You want to know more about him, right? Um, I love Eowyn, don't get me wrong, but she does have that whole action sequence where she kills the Witch King. So while she may not have a ton of dialogue, she does get a decent amount of screen time. I just want more. Give me Oh, all. absolutely. <laughs> um... What do you, what are you thinking, Kyle? What do you who are you leaning towards? Um, yeah, I agree. I think Eowyn, like as far as I think she has plot importance over these two characters. Like she she's the one who kills the Witch King. She also has an entire subplot with Aragorn. They should have been together. Um, she also <laughs> has like the stuff with her and Eomer and. Theoden, like, there's a lot of just... She, she gets a lot of emotional beats in Return of the King, and a part of that is due to the fact that it's three years long, but she she does get, like, a lot of stuff to work with. Um, but I agree, like, I'm always up for more Eowyn, because she's, you know, a badass. If, those, if this was, like, the MVP award, she'd be up there. Um, and then I do... I, I get it with Rosie, because... Yeah, like, we only get to see Sam, like, pining after her. We don't really see why, <laughs> other than the fact that she's just gorgeous. But we, we don't really see her as an actual character. She's just kind of, like, his dream girl. Um, and so that would have been nice, especially because the story ends on them as a family, like, them and their kids. It ends with him coming home to them. So, yeah, like, a couple, like, lines from her would have been, been great. So, yeah, I kind of lean towards Rosie. 
pains me to to uh, agree with Anna this early in the podcast, but <laughs> I, I lean towards Rosie. What do you, what do you think, Damon? I like all three. I think maybe as far as what they do in the small limited time, Halder Hal- is that how you say it? It just crushes it. You know, I mean, I I love when he comes with the elves at Helm's Deep and him and uh, Aragorn, you know, embrace. He's so like, oh, hug? Oh, okay, hug. And um, I don't, I, I think I'm going to have to cast my vote for Haldir, actually. I, I think he, I don't know, I think he was uh, much more needed. I think it would be a lot, a lot of uh, funner to see him in it, so. Anna, who's who going to That makes... Oh. This is this is tough. Given that the whole story is primarily an action story and not a lot of it is based in the Shire, I feel even though Rosie was my nomination, I'm going to have to go with Haldir because there's more action and he probably would have supplemented the fight at Minas Tirith and really rounded it out a lot more. So I think I'm going to have to go with Haldir. All right, I think we've got our our winner. And the winner of the Wallflower Award is Haldir, played by Craig Parker. The nominees for best fight. Best fight. So this is pretty self-explanatory. Anna, what's your nominee for best fight? See, this is a tough one. Knee jerk. Reaction makes me want to go Minas Tirith, but I feel I'm gonna have to go with the Warg Riders versus the Rohirrim. I just feel like we get a lot more screen time. You have that really anxious cliffhanger where Aragorn gets thrown over the cliff. You never really know what's gonna happen. You know, 11 year old me was freaking out. They're like, oh my god, they killed Aragorn. Obviously, they didn't. Um, there was just a lot of anxiety, and then you definitely got to see more of the graphics up close with the wargs, which was just a really cool element. So that's my my vote. I love the wargs. Kyle, your nom? Um, this is probably the one category where I was like, do we have to like have nominations? Because it's definitely the Battle of Helm's Deep, right? <laughs> like it's it has. To, I mean, that's I know that's a big fight. Like that's a huge sequence of the movie. But, like, not even in terms of this trilogy, but just in, like, movies in general, that's kind of looked at as the golden standard, right? I mean, that's that's everything that the Long Night should have been. Damon, you just finished Game of Thrones. Like, how badly does that pale in comparison? <laughs> like, while I enjoyed the Long Night, I, I think it just pales in comparison to Helm's Deep. Like, you see everything happening in Helm's Deep. You, you feel, like, the intensity of how large that, like, army is and how, like they're going to be defeated. Like there's no way they can get out of this. And you just feel that the whole way through. It's so beautifully shot. I love when, when Aragorn tosses Gant, uh, Gimli, he's like, toss, toss. just don't tell the L. So good. Classic. They actually cut Gimli's line in fellowship in after they filmed that scene in the two towers to tie it together, which I thought was kind of a fun fact. But yeah, I have to agree. They put in a lot of great one-liners. You know, you have that scene where you can barely see Gimli's head over the wall. And Legolas is like, oh, do you need a box? Like, you could have easily meandered over an extra two feet and, like, stood him at the gap so he could see through. But no, 
No, you're just going to make them see a, a rock wall. Classic. <laughs> I dig it. So my nominee uh, is going to be the battle at Pelennor Fields, or, you know, the bo- battle for Minas Tirith. It's just so epic. Like, it's so long, for one thing. It, it starts with a huge army, and they're, they're taking Gondor, and then you get the, uh, the extra army coming in, riding in from Rohan. And then, of course, you get the the ghosts coming in with Aragorn and them off the ship. Such a good scene. Um, it just changes the momentum's left and right. It's like a crazy, unexpected basketball game. You know, it's like you never know who's going to be up. As something's happening every every other time. You have the elephants getting taken down. You have the the death, the the murder of the Night King. Um, you have Mary doing his thing on the battlefield. Uh, and I, I don't know. I just love this scene. I. That was probably going to do Helm's Deep, but since that one's taken, I had to give some love to uh, the battle at Pelennor Fields. So, all right. Um, one thing I want to say off the bat about Minas Tirith is I do like how you mentioned you mentioned how long it is, and like with most action sequences, that would get really old after a while. But it's really impressive how they keep the sense of like urgency up. Like it reminded me of that whole last. I don't know, like half hour or 45 minutes of Rogue One. Like there's just such a, like a desperation in the whole thing. And you don't know if they're going to live the entire time. Like it's very, yeah, it's intense. Um, so that's a really good pick. And then I didn't, I honestly didn't even think about, about your pick, Anna, but that's a really good call. Uh, I also was fearing for my dude's life. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's, these are all really good. This movie, these movies are just full to the brim of, of amazing action sequences. So we can't really go wrong with, with either of them. <laughs> Can we just put an asterisk at that? Uh, well-lit action sequences? <laughs> you can actually see the action sequence in these movies. I feel like Helm's Deep is the, the knee-jerk choice, right? It, it's the longest... It's the most beautifully shot. You know, you're dealing with the water sequence. While the Oliphants were really cool, you know, you, you have the bomb at Helm's Deep where they're actually, like, blowing up the grate. You have a lot of great one-liners. You have Legolas, you know, skateboarding down the stairs. You have Haldir's death, which is just devastating. No shade to Theoden, but just did not hit the same. <laughs> so, yeah, I have to go with Helm's Deep. Kyle, what's your vote? Um, I think one thing that Helm's Deep has over the other two is that, and Anna mentioned this, but it, they like leave room for like one-liners because there is some really fun like all these characters have really great back and forth and chemistry, so they they let them like use utilize that like Legolas and Gimli competing the whole time is great. Um, yeah, the other two are like really great action sequences, but they're very serious, and so there's no room for stuff like that. And now that's a, sometimes that's a good thing because like the Minas Tirith battle is like incredibly like emotional, so it's it's great. Like if there was a one-liner in that, it would feel very out of place, like very MCU. But um, yeah, I think Helm's Deep has like the most diverse action. You know, you Anna mentioned the bomb, and then like I don't know, it's just it's just like the most dynamic of the three. So I've got to. Gotta vote for that one too. Yeah, my vote's for Helm's Deep. Um, <laughs> it's so good. It's probably the my favorite scene out of all the movies, just like from beginning to end. 
the, the rain hits, the the you know the Gimli toss, the whole counting. You know, I, I love Gimli and Legolas's competition. Like who's who can kill the most? Uh, it's so good. And then Gandalf when he arrives finally, I love that shot of him against the the hill and everything. Uh, that's that's got to be my vote. It has to be. All right. And the winner of best fight is the Battle of Helm's Deep, the Two Towers. The nominees for best musical moment are best musical moment. This movie has such great music, like throughout. So many great scenes are enhanced because of it. Um, some great lyrical songs. Anna, what's your nom? It's definitely not Pippin's song, if that's what you're asking. Um, no, in all seriousness, uh, I have deaf parents, so when I watch a movie, I never really think about the musical score. So when I was doing this binge, it actually sat me down and made me focus on the music that was happening in the background. And there's a lot of great scenes that I never really focused on before. You have the scenes in the Mines of Moria where the orcs are coming to attack after Pippin throws uh, the dead body down the mine shaft. You have the reforging of the sword in Return of the King, but I feel like I have to go with Sam carrying Frodo up Mount Doom. Just the way that it was shot, the, the music howling in the background, it's very, very hopeful. So, yeah, that's my nom. Love it. Kyle? Um, yeah, like music is such an important part of these movies. I feel like Howard Shore, <laughs> Ryan has shared the like the image of this guy playing piano with the piano on fire like so many times on our rewatch. And that's really like that's how Howard Shore operated. Like he went full Phil Collins with Tarzan with these movies. Um, and yeah, so I, I think my pick was originally also um sam carrying frodo so just for variety i think i'm gonna go with one that i don't think a lot of people talk about because there's it's very faint but uh the opening sequence or scene of return of the king where smeagol kills uh deagle i hate that their names rhyme um the the score in the background is like unlike anything else in all three movies it's very it's not really string focused like everything else and it's very again it's very faint but it really ramps up when he starts to like turn into Gollum and it's like, it's fucking eerie. I mean, it's, it's very, very effective. So that's my pick. I like that. My nominee is going to have to be the lighting of the beacons. Um, it's so intense and so like inspiring. You're like, okay, this is the hope. This is what, uh, you know, changes the tides. The music's really, really breathtaking and just seeing it paired with like, you know, you're seeing all the different scenery going from beacon to beacon I don't know. It fits really well. Um, I, I love that scene, so I had to go with that. Ooh, that is a really good scene. That was on my short list, actually. So which one are you leaning towards, Anna? I mean, I'm biased with my pick, so I have to go with <laughs> Sam carrying Frodo. Just The second half of Return of the King is all one giant, beautiful musical score. Every different scene has some sort of musical component that really builds up to the pinnacle moment of Sam and Frodo being rescued by the Eagles. But that Sam carrying up Frodo, I'll carry you is the part in the second half of that movie that really stood out to me the most. 
Kyle, what's your vote? Yeah, I that's also the one I think I lean towards just because so like the I'm gonna get real like music nerd about it real, for for one second, but the 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 motif that plays during that exact moment like is kind of in the background of the whole movie of Return of the King. Like those notes kind of play in a very like um, unassuming way, and then it really hits when he's when he picks him up and starts carrying him. I just listened to. Before we started recording, I listened to the track that it's on on the soundtrack, and it's uh, I can never find it because the track is called "The Mouth of Sauron." So it's like all of that stuff before it. It's a lot of like really dark music, and then the last like seven seconds of the track are that moment. But it's like it's worth it. It's like an eight minute track, and I, I skip forward just for that moment because it's so it's like really just triumphant. And then that again, that motif plays throughout the rest of the movie. It it's in a very uh, faint part where. Frodo and Gandalf leave for the Grey Havens and, and Sam saying goodbye. Um, so it's really like it's a theme for those two characters, like the two central characters in, in these movies. And I think that's why it's so like striking. Um, so, yeah, that's that's probably my vote as well. I've got to vote for Sam carrying Frodo. I love Sam. I've talked about Sam before in another podcast. Uh, and I just love their relationship. I love the heart that Sam shows. throughout the entire return of the king um i I love the scene you know just shout out to when he's killing all the uh the orc and everything to get to frodo and the tower he's like that's for the shire you know uh it's so good and him carrying frodo is so it's very emotional I, i i love sam so much in this movie and him doing everything he can to help frodo is just that's goals right there so i love it that's gotta be my vote all right. Even the scene where they're sitting and the lava's just pouring down the mountain and they're just talking about the Shire and then Sam's like, oh, if I was going to marry anyone, I would have married Rosie. Even that scene in supplementing Sam carrying Frodo and then them coming down the mountain, it just, it's beautiful. And the winner of Best Musical Moment. Sam carrying Frodo up Mount Doom. And here are the nominees for Class Bully. All right, class bully. This is going to be a fun one. Some pretty iconic villains and foils in this series. Anna, what's your nominee? Well, when you think of the villains that are in Lord of the Rings, there's really only three main ones, right? Four if you count Grima. So I'm going to actually, I'm not going to pick Sauron for class bully. I'm going to go with Saruman. Because prior to him falling he was the chief of the wizards in the white council so he was basically the complete opposite of sauron um, but he got corrupted and he's technically morally gray it's really he only trusts himself he was one of the the maya in valinor and he basically came over with uh the other wizards so gandalf radagast all the other ones and you know they were they were forbidden in matching Sauron. So the fact that he fell from grace, which, given who he his actor is, <laughs> really not all that surprising. But yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Sauron. He's he's got a face. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Kyle, are you nominating someone with a face? <laughs> uh, yeah, I am. So as we proved last last episode of the Effies, I feel like we are able to be pretty liberal with class bully. Like it doesn't have to be a, necessarily a villain, just the person who's like the thorn in your side the entire time. And there's not a character who wastes more time or does nothing productive more than our guy Denethor. Um, <laughs> he's the worst, man. He's like, we just celebrated Father's Day and I hope he's burning in hell not celebrating it. Like, I fucking hate this guy. Maybe check your son's pulse before, you know, setting him and yourself on fire. Uh, when the hobbit who's like, Right, right there is telling you he's alive. Maybe listen to. Him. I don't. I don't know. I, uh, I love John Noble. You know, like Damon knows very well. I love the show Fringe, and he's also a questionable father in that show. But he's even uh. better in that. Um, he's just there's there's no redeemable quality to him in this. Uh, there, you know, it's tragic that he lost Boromir, but he just makes it impossible to feel bad for him. Like everything he does, you're just like, I fucking hate this guy. He doesn't add anything of worth to the story the story so it's like that one scene in brother bear where it's like i lost my dear husband edgar quit telling everyone i'm dead (laughs) exactly all right so i thought i was gonna have to nominate sauron but instead i get to nominate Gollum. you know our boy Gollum and smeagol who um i remember watching these originally and being a really big fan of Smeagol. I was like, Smeagol's awesome. I, you know, he can maybe try to hold Gollum at bay. Maybe he can really redeem himself. And then towards the end of Two Towers, you're just like, oh, no, he's he's gone. He's he's pretty much gone to the dark side. Him and Gollum are going to kill Frodo and Sam. It's going to happen. And you just get to see how devious and, and scummy he is in, in Return of the King. He does such a good job at pretty much gaslighting Sam you know, and getting them broken up, you just crumbling the limbus spread off the, the mountain, just oh, the look he gives Sam after they're walking away and Frodo's holding his hand. He's like, yeah, bitch. Um, Gollum is so despicable and, pl- and just acted so well. I love Gollum as a character and he had to be my pick. So glad you didn't get him. Here's the thing with Gollum though. This, this is one of the themes of Lord of the Rings it was it fate or free will that really made Gollum who he was because obviously Gollum has a very dark side to him, but there is a scene where he's basically arguing with himself and chasing off the dark side. And then when they interact with the race of man, Gollum is pulled off and he's basically tortured, right? So then his dark side comes back. And Frodo could have chosen to intervene and save him, but he didn't. So was it fate or free will that made Gollum who he is? This is why we brought Anna onto this episode, because she's the Lord (laughs) of the Rings expert, taking us all to school. I love it. Um, I don't know if I would say expert, more of an enthusiast, really. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, so who are you uh, voting for then, Anna? See, I love Christopher Lee. I think he's a phenomenal actor. But I just really hate Denethor so much. (laughs) And it's not only for the tomato scene, right? It's just he's 
even when Theoden's under Saruman's influence, he's not that much of a jerk, right? Denethor has no reason to be as rude to Faramir as he is. He straight up tells his son, I wish you were dead and your brother was alive. Who does that? Worst father of the year. Except for, you know, Shireen's dad. You know, he might take the cake, but <laughs> Denethor is a very, very close second, only because he didn't actually succeed in letting Faramir on fire. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Denethor. He's just so rude. All right. Kyle? Uh, yeah. I Damon, I'm glad you brought up Gollum, because I had thought about him, but I also, like, Sometimes I just feel bad for him. <laughs> uh, like, especially in Two Towers when he gets captured by Faramir. Like, he really feels just like, a, like an abused puppy. And so it's really hard to, like, actually hate him. Um, and I think most of that is a credit to Andy Serkis. But, uh, yeah, I've got to stick also with, with Denethor. Just, again, like, even Sar- Saruman is, is a great foil. And he arguably, like, does more to like fuck with the heroes but he he's more just a compelling character and denethor there's just no nuance or depth to him it's just like this is a asshole king who is an asshole <laughs> that's <laughs> it so yeah he just doesn't add anything of worth to the story and i i'll admit like i i think of red return of the king in its full if i have i don't remember anything of it so maybe he's more fleshed out in the book but in the movie, he's just a constant, like, every time he's on screen, I'm just like, I'd rather be watching something else. So I got to I got to stick with him. All right. Well, I'm voting for Saruman, even though he's not going to win. I just wanted to give some love to Christopher Lee, whose performance as Saruman throughout the three movies are so good. Like, I, I, I like how he was, you know, supposed to be this this great, you know, light wizard and everything and then like he just straight up turns like Gandalf thought he was his friend and now he's literally trying to ruin it all with Sa- uh, Sauron he's so corrupted and he's pretty pretty dangerous like you see him like sending off everyone and the scene where he cre- you know grows the Urukai. I always thought that was really cool and it's just the the presence is so so good I, I love Saruman but you know Denethor is an asshole and I love seeing him fall <laughs> off the cliff on fire that was a really good scene, really good shot. You know, just he's falling and you, you see the, the whole the whole battle happening behind him. Um, but, you know, I guess he gets the W. Not just that, but also Gandalf just being like, and he's dead. And so ends Denethor. <laughs> like, bye, bitch. <laughs> I love when his horse kicked him, like, onto the fire. That was great. I so love that. Oh, so, so pleasing. <laughs> And the winner of Class Bully is... Denethor. Located inside the Black Gate, Uglock's fine dining is a hidden gem that gives tribute to classic orc cuisine. Our dishes are created with love, designed to warm the darkest parts of any heart. We daily import the finest cuts of manflesh, dwarf, hobbit, and elf to satisfy even the most finicky of palates. Uglock's, more than just a meal. The nominees for best quote are. There it is. Best quote. Anna, what's your nominee for best quote? So I had a few that I drafted, but I think I'm going to have to go with Sam's speech. 
And to really get the impact of the specific quote that I'm looking for, I'm actually going to read the whole chunk. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo, full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end, because how could the end be so happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, the shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clear. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folks in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going because they were holding on to something. And then Frodo says his line, that there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. So the last line is my nomination. Out of context, it just sounds so lame. <laughs> so I had to monologue a little bit, I apologize, but I think it's really what wraps up the whole theme of the series, right? It's really, when you think about the series as a whole, it's the antithesis of what a fantasy story should be. Normally these people are going off an adventure, they're finding a treasure. This story is about destruction and there's really a lot of metaphors with the ring being immortality, right? So by destroying this metaphorical fountain of youth, you're also embracing humanity. And that also ties into Aragorn and Arwen's story as well, where she's giving up immortality to be with Aragorn. So there is some good in this world. Things may be dark, but at the end of the tunnel, there is something to be enjoyed. Yes, I love it. Kyle, what's your nominee? Um... Yeah, there are there's quite a few to ch choose from, like music and then just great quotes. That's all this, these movies are. Uh, but I'm probably going to go with, um, this is also another speech. I just have one little quote from it. Uh, Aragorn, like, rallying the troops in uh, the Battle of Minas Tirith. Um, and he says, a day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship, but it is not this day. Uh, and he goes on and makes uh, all kinds of panties wet, but <laughs> basically <laughs> that that little bit is just similarly, similar to Anna's pick, I think sums up a lot of what this series gets at. Like there is still things worth fighting for and today is not the day to pack it in. Like today's, today's the day to, you know, uh, keep fighting. And so I think that this series has always been like a ray of hope just personally for me and that line sums up a lot of a lot of I think what this series gets at thematically so that's my pick and it really ties into the first book break all bonds of fellowship right the fellowship was technically broken when Boromir died and everyone went off in their different directions and it's kind of like you know you graduate from high school you're still friends with these people well with the exception of Boromir because he's dead and they all you all go off on your own journeys right so they're fighting to keep the fellowship together, even though it's technically splintered, which is beautiful. It was actually on my my draft list as well. Okay. My nominee is not these ones I'm going to list real quick, but I definitely wanted to shout them out because they may be the funniest quotes, okay? <laughs> I don't yeah, think thank you. you. I think I know which ones you're going to draft. 
uh, potatoes. Boil them. Mashed <laughs> Oh, and I just, just the whole scenes where Mary and Pippin are just getting as high as possible on Longbottom Leaf. I love it. It's so Wait, good. So you're not going to draft Raw and Wriggling? No. <laughs> I'm going to draft something. It, it's pretty simple, but it's a line from Gandalf that just really sticks out to me. Um, and it's death is just another path, one we all have to take. Um, I love exis- existential questions and, and statements. Uh, the most recent episode of Loki has a bunch of them. I, I'm just eating up. And this one's, you know, is just, I think, really simple. But it really, you know, death is just another path. It's something that everyone has to do. But it doesn't mean it's over. There, There's something, you know, at the end of the tunnel, perhaps, that Gandalf is alluding to. But I don't know. It just holds for a lot of different metaphors and allegories. And I love Gandalf. He's got a lot of great stuff to say. So, so that quote was actually on my list too and I just want to embellish the full quote death is just another path one that we all must take the gray curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver glass white shores and beyond a far green country under a swift sunrise I was talking to Kyle while we were binging it early and I was like man death sounds beautiful not that I'm gonna go jump off a cliff but like I want to go there that sounds like a great vacation right um it's just there's a whole metaphor of the elves going off to the gray havens and it's their version of the afterlife because they don't technically die but it just it sounds really beautiful and hopeful death is not the end it's just another journey and when bilbo gets on the ship at the end of return of the king he really alludes to that i love it yep that that's my quote so anna which one are you thinking you're gonna vote for Oh, they were all on my draft list. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm torn between my pick and Kyle's pick. I I think, Damon, your pick is honestly the most beautiful out of the three. But when you're really thinking about the trilogy as a whole... I think it really boils down to there's some good in this world or break all bonds of fellowship. So I feel like just because I love Sam, like no shade to Aragorn. I love Sam so much and he's really the MVP of return of the King. I have to go with, with Sam going with my pick. Kyle. Yeah, I, I think I have to go with that one as well. That was um, the first when I was going through these categories and putting in my initial picks. That was the first one I thought of without even watching the two towers. I used to have that entire speech memorized. Uh, and yeah, it's I so not to tangent, but uh, way back five years ago when the pandemic like first started, um, like one of my favorite podcasters uh, did an episode like it was pretty soon after lockdown happened and they had just rewatched these movies and they were like, so if you want to feel okay about what's going on in the world right now, watch these movies um, and that speech in particular, and just everyone was feeling really rough about the world at that, at that time. And yeah, they, they just, the guy quoted the speech on the podcast and it was just really beautiful like moment. Um, but yeah, that, I think that speech really sums up just what makes this series so iconic and so special. And Anna said, earlier when we were binging these movies that that is like nerd culture um 
condensed into a speech, right? Like that's all the, all these IPs and, and franchises all kind of get at similar themes and this speech really boils down those, those themes. So that's my, that's my pick as well. Yeah, that, that would be my vote also. Um, I love when Sam calls Frodo, Mr. Frodo. I, it's just, it's delightful every single time. Like you don't have to do that, Sam, but he, he's always going to call him Mr. Frodo. That's just what he does. And, and y'all say this is kind of the, a quote that really fits within the series and then nerd culture. I think it's something you could just live by in, in life. I mean, really life is rough. Life is, is shit, but you know, the, the good things you want to hold, hold close and you want to do whatever you can to keep them going. And I, I think this quote just symbolizes all of that. And that's, so that's has to be my vote. You guys are giving me warm fuzzies, and it is uncomfortable. Disgusting. <laughs> Gross. Anna doesn't like feelings. <laughs> True. Also, Kyle and I just keep agreeing on everything, which is very I know. Odd. This is weird. Who I are we? <laughs> what is happening? We're bringing people together, guys. We're doing it. <laughs> and the winner of best quote is... Sam's speech from The Two Towers. And the nominees for best couple are. All right, best couple. This is a fun one because you know you could go, of course, the romantic lane, or you can just go with your favorite two people who just have that chemistry on screen who you just love seeing together. Anna, what's your couple? Oh, I'm torn between two, just because the romantic couples, with the exception of Sam and Rosie, kind of suck. Um, I'm torn between Legolas and Gimli. And then Mary and Pippin. And I, I'm going to have to go with Legolas and Gimli. Just because of the elf. Dwar- they're basically Romeo and Juliet. But they're bros. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a ton of roasting. And when we're Kyle and I were binging this earlier. I was like, wow. Most of my relationships are built like Legolas and Gimli. It's just all roasting. Right? <laughs> um. They're building each other up, but they're just letting each other know your ego is getting too big. Legolas took down an Oliphant. It only counts as one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just because they, unlike Mary and Pippin, who have known each other their whole lives, Legolas and Gimli hate each other from like the first time they see. Um, and then obviously they have their encounter with Galadriel at Lothlorien. And then they go on and the fellowship splinters and then they become really best friends and eventually Gimli and Legolas go into the Grey Havens together. So I just think that's beautiful. It's good stuff. Yeah. Do they really? Yeah. yeah they do. Does that happen? That's canon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I is canon. I don't know why I didn't know that, but that's, yep. wow. Because San- Sam be- goes also at some point, right? I think so. Oh, it's been a really long time since I've read the books. <laughs> I was reading up on that because I've never read the books, you know, stabbed, you know, I want to hear all the flames now. But uh, yeah, but the movie, you know, I was reading up and it said apparently Legolas and Gimli go and then Sam goes also before coming back or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wow. he's the first dwarf cool. ever to go. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Kyle, who's your nominee for best couple? Yeah, I was between the same two, so I'll I'll pick um, Mary and Pippin. I think that one thing that really caught me off guard on the rewatch, because I haven't 
before this, I hadn't seen these movies in a while, but so I knew I remembered Mary and Pippin, but not all of their interactions. And the two moments that really like hit me were they're both in Return of the King uh, earlier on when they're separated and Pippin. I mean, Pippin really goes on a journey in Return of the King anyway, but when he's like, we'll see each other again. Right. And he's like really desperate about that. And Mary's like, I, I genuinely don't know. And that's just heartbreaking. And then when Pippin finds Mary on the battlefield and Mary's like, you you know, you came back for me. It's like, oh my God, they're really trying to make me cry throughout the entire movie. That's cool. Uh, devastating. Yes. Absolutely it's, devastating. <laughs> it's beautiful. It is. It, like, I, I think this more, even more than Frodo and Sam, these two are like the picture perfect image of what friendship should be because they just love each other. And they, even in the beginning of Fellowship, they're the two that are just like getting into trouble together and like setting off fireworks. I want a friend like that that I can just like smoke weed and and set fireworks off with. Um, so yeah, I, I think that they're just like this image of of like pure friendship. Just to piggyback off of that, everything about Bilbo's birthday party, honestly, iconic. <laughs> so the graphics, phenomenal. Mary and Pippin building that relationship. Great. Bilbo's one liner. I like, I, I can never say it, but it's like, I like less than half of you more than I like, or something like that. I know I'm like a terrible person. <laughs> I can't quote it right now. I'm really tired. Um, but it, it's just so funny because it makes you sit and think and you're like, wait, I don't understand this. And nobody does. <laughs> right. And then Gandalf at the end is like, Oh, you're being sneaky, dude. Don't do that. And, you know, watching the movie over again, you realize how long they're actually in the Shire. You're like, oh, hell, we've we spent about 30, 40 minutes in the Shire before we get anywhere else. I, I, I love the Shire. I wish we had the battle of the Shire mm-hmm. and the return. Only thing the movie is maybe missing, possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But afterwards, Mary and Pippin return to Rohan and Gondor. So mm. they were laid to rest there. So they were separated in death, which is very sad. Well, that is. Thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Do what I can. Shit. Okay. So y'all took the best uh, nominees. So I'm just going to go wild card with it. My nominee is Eowyn and Aragorn because they should have been together. They were electric in two towers. And I got like. I don't know if, like, I just didn't really care about this when I used to watch the movies as a kid, but I was like, Aragorn, you son of a bitch, how dare you reject her like that? Like, I was, like, taken aback. I was like, what? Y'all have something. Like, this is special. Who cares about Arwen? Uh, Just give me Eowyn and Aragorn all day. So that's my nominee. Yeah, they they have all all of the chemistry that Aragorn and Arwen should have. I mean, all the scenes with Aragorn, Aragorn and Arwen just really fall flat, and everything with the two of them is like electric. So that's I had that lower down, but I, I'm glad you mentioned it because it is kind of a tragic story. But I they yeah, every time they're paired up, it's just it's fantastic. Anna, are you voting for Aowen and Aragorn? Right. I mean, you know I'm on team Aowen and Aragorn. <laughs> Ride or die. I, it is, who, how is it impossible for somebody to not have chemistry with Vigo? It's just, it's really weird. Right? This is very true. It's just, he's a good looking guy. I don't know. Like, 
when Aragorn and Arwen are platonically talking, when Arwen's saving Frodo, they had more romantic chemistry than when they were making out <laughs> in Return of the King and in Fellowship. I just don't understand <laughs> But aesthetically, you know, Liv Tyler was the perfect casting for Arwen, just looks-wise, but Miranda Otto and Vigo, man. I ship it all day, every day. Yes. I think Miranda Otto's facial acting is just phenomenal. I want her in everything all the time. <laughs> she was amazing in Sabrina. Like, one of the best parts she of that was. show. Oh, absolutely. So, your vote? Oh, God. <laughs> I think... Even though I nominated Legolas and Gimli, and they're literally my favorite part of the movie, I have to go with Merry and Pippin. That's fair. I mean, I love Merry. Just and because they—they're there from like the very beginning, right? They're—they have a full character arc where Legolas and Gimli, somewhat flat characters, they're phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, but you know, parents real or Pippin's really dumb, but he really grows as a person. And then Mary is the taller of the two because he's the descendant of Bulroar Took, who is one of the tallest hobbits ever. So he really grows into his courage, and they're really the Fred and George of the whole series, right? They're the comedic relief, and then they really grow and change and evolve, and it's beautiful. And there's definitely a friendship just beyond the fact that they're first cousins. So, Mary and Pippin all day, every day. Kyle, do you vote for the cousins? Um, yeah, it's tough. I, I hate this trend of Anna and I presenting nominees and then voting for each other. It doesn't feel right. <laughs> it makes me feel mad. But I, I got to vote for Legolas and Gimli. I, th that kind of relationship is the best kind. I mean, that fact that you can just endlessly like make fun of this person but you still like there's still a mutual respect and love there and like yeah they i i agree they're somewhat flat characters but they also do a lot of growing and the fact that they should not i mean statistically should not associate and and enjoy each other them as, as much as they do it's just really fun and i think orlando bloom and uh, John Rice Davies were perfect in their roles respectively and then when you put them together it's just like they had something magic there so I gotta go with like Lawson Gibbling so it's up to me <laughs> this I didn't think about this when I said I wanted to go last Damn. yeah between <laughs> the two and Dang, this is this is a tough one. Probably the toughest of the whole show. As far as like percentage wise, I gotta go with Legolas and Gimli. I, I think I just enjoy everything they do together a little bit more than than Merry and Pippin. You actually get Merry and Pippin a little almost separated most of Return of the King, really. Like they're they're doing their own thing, which I think is honestly my favorite some of my favorite parts of Return of the King. But you got Legolas and Gimli like side by side throughout, you know, and they're just becoming, you know, the best of friends, really. Like they just seem like they actually enjoy being around each other. 
Gimli's always joking around him constantly. I love the the joke in Two Towers when they're running. He's like, oh, I'm not a marathon runner. We we dwarfs are sprinters, and I just, we're I just natural died. sprinters. <laughs> just like I died. Like that. Yep, that's great. Um, and I one of my favorite lines of Return of the King, of course, is you know the often memed. You know, I never thought I'd die side by side with an elf. You know, oh, what about side by side with a friend? And you just see that look between him. It's like, I could do that. It's just like heartwarming and awesome at the same time. Uh, you just see really how far they've come. So I had to give it to him. But I think another, like any other time, I could have gone Marion Pippin. I don't know. But that's my <laughs> vote. <sighs> so the reason why I went Mary Pippin is because Dom and Billy have a podcast now. <laughs> Yeah. So they yeah. still hang out in real life, which kind of warms the cockles of my cold frigid heart. But um honestly, Jonathan Rice Davies interacting with anyone is amazing. High comedy. Right. <laughs> um when we were binging it earlier, our buddy Ryan, who was also binging it with us, um, when Pippin and Gimli <laughs> were interacting uh outside of Isengard, and Pippin's like, Oh, the salt pork is great. Salt pork or we riot. <laughs> Copyright Ryan. Oh. Up with that. And the winner of best couple is Legolas and Gimli. And the nominees for most memeable moment. All right, this is one of our favorite awards here, of course. Most memeable moment or best meme, I guess, since they've been memed over and over and over again through the years. And uh, let's see which ones we come up with. Anna, what's your nominee? So there's four that come to mind off the top of my head. And I feel I have to go with where was Gondor when the West Fallen fell? (laughs) You can use that meme in almost any situation applicable. So... I know it's a very serious moment in the franchise, but it's just so funny. Anytime someone references it, I, it just gets me really heated. <laughs> um, but in meme format, it's just so funny. It is. You could do a lot with that one. Kyle, what's yours? Yeah, this is fun. So I always love this category, but with the last two Epis, it's been with really recent stuff. You know, WandaVision and... and- uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier, very like recent memes that have cropped up. But with this, these memes have been ar- around like forever. So there's a lot to choose from. But one that like more recently I've seen a lot like recycling is um, it's like the top panel is basically Frodo looking at Sam and smiling. And he's like, one beer? And it's at 8 p.m. He's like, yeah, one beer. Uh, and then it cuts to Sam carrying Frodo at Mount Doom. It says like 4 a.m., 16 beers in or something. And it's just like no other <laughs> meme speaks to my soul the way that meme does. So got to go with the drunks. All right. I don't think I've actually seen that one before. So oh, I'll, I'll send it to you. That's a surprise. I have not seen a Lord of the Rings meme. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. A new one. Um, well, Damon, you're going to have to carry Kyle up Mount Doom. Am I not doing it? <laughs> okay. I'm leaving him. I'll be the okay. eagle that comes by and like drives you, you all home. Kyle. I'll do whatever I need to, Mr. Kyle. <laughs> um, oh, don't like that. <laughs> some things are worth fighting for, Mr. Kyle. <laughs> oh my God. I'm it's never not- calling you Mr. Kyle, though. 
Please not, never that's do. That's not a thing. <laughs> so y'all left like my top three choices still on the board, which I'm surprised about. So I think I'm going to go with Frodo's "Okay Then Keep Your Secrets" meme. Nice. It's it's so funny, and you really I've seen it be used on so many different levels. And but like just the way Frodo's looking, he's like, "Okay then." He's like. You, you know, just looking at Gandalf in that little sly manner. I think this one holds up so well. People use it to this day. And uh, that had to be my pick. That was actually second on my list. That is a very good draft. I just want to give an honorary shout out to two other memes. Uh, Boromir's one does not simply walk into Mordor, right? Yeah. That one was has been around since like the magic of memes was written. And then... Uh, Saruman's, so you have chosen death. <laughs> <laughs> also a classic. So those are another two of my favorites. Those are all good. There's some really good memes from this series. Um, still going strong, you know. I'm really surprised we didn't do the one does not simply walk into Mordor. That's, that, like that's the most iconic one. It really yeah, I thought Kyle was going to draft that one. So that's why I left it on the board. Yeah, well, I was close. And then even like the Theoden, you have no power here is that's like gained a lot of traction too. But I'm glad we went with like kind of not like underrated ones, but ones that aren't used as much. So, Anna, which one are you going to vote for? I got to go with Frodo. All right, then keep your secrets. <laughs> it's just so applicable in so many different ways. It is. It is. Kyle, your vote. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got to be that one. I think that we're talking about like things that can be used in just any context, and I think that even out of context is funny. Like you can just throw that in any conversation, and it's it's great. So especially the look that Elijah Wood has, it's 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 perfect. It's so mischievous. He's like, okay, I have no idea what you're doing, but okay, sure, we'll just roll with it. Um, that's definitely my vote. Uh, I think that's my first win of my first win as far as the nominee goes. I'm very pumped. Thanks, Frodo, for helping. Uh, we, <laughs> we kept the secrets. The one yeah. good thing Frodo was good for, he got Damon and Effie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Frodo. Thank you, Mr. Kyle. Stop! <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. And the winner of most memeable moment is... All right, then. Keep your secrets. Cimarell Hair Care is custom formulated to protect your hair from the most extreme elements. Rejuvenate your hair no matter where you are on your journey in Middle-earth. From the fires of Mount Doom to the dryer of the Misty Mountains, your hair will be protected. Cimarell Hair Care has selected all natural ingredients to make your hair a marvel unmatched. For richer, more radiant hair that bridges the gap between even the largest rivals, use Cimarell Hair Care. The nominees for Valedictorian of Fellowship. The Valedictorian, or the Wanda Maximoff Award, as we, we like to call it sometimes, for the best performance. And we're doing the Fellowship. There's no way we could have done all these with one pick for the whole series. That I don't even know who I would go with. So instead, we're breaking down in all three movies. Anna, who's your nominee for Fellowship Valedictorian? I'm actually going to nominate... As much as it kills me to say this, I'm going to nominate Boromir. Because without Boromir, we would no longer have Merry and Pippin. And 
I love Sean Bean. His acting is phenomenal. The man dies so well. There, it's just it's top notch. And I think, given the limited screen time that he had, he really portrayed his role to the best of his ability. He really bonded with Marion Pippin um, and calls them the little ones. He's willing. He put his life on the line, even when he's going over the waterfall and he's clutching his sword and the horn. It just phenomenal work. I I have to go with Boromir. Nice. As much Got as it. I hate him as a character. um yeah i think i'm gonna go with ian mckellen as gandalf the gray uh he's great in all three but i think the first one is where he makes the most like the biggest impression which is ironic because we don't really get you know ian gandalf in his like final form until the, the next two movies but i i think that he I sometimes forget like how good he is because he plays like a very tired and overdone arch you know archetype as you know he's like the Obi Wan Kenobi in, in the original Star Wars type of character, but he does it like really well. Like he just he has such a great like wit to him, and he's kind of our gateway into this story. You know, like Frodo's as well, but he's the one who kind of ushers in the the events of the of the first movie, and I think that. He also, like, for as powerful as Gandalf is, Ian McKellen, he plays getting his ass handed to him really well, you know, when he's <laughs> fighting Saruman. And then, you know, similar to Boromir, we also see him give, you know, sacrifice himself for the for the fellowship against uh, Durin's Bane. Um, not going to call it the Balrog. Uh, and he, yeah, he's, he's great. I think that he... Um, yeah, I, I, he's great in all three, but I think that Fellowship is where Ian McKellen really shines. Thank awesome. you so much for calling him by his correct name. That really, that makes me so happy. Yeah, As a movie only person, <laughs> I don't understand why, but I know it's something that y'all, that people like to say. Is there a reason for that? <laughs> you killed Durin, the, the dwarf. Um, well, y'all took my nominees, so thank y'all for that. <laughs> I mean, really, I think those two are hands down the best performances in Fellowship. If I had to pick someone else to, you know, just to kind of throw in the ring with them, it that's so that's so tough. Like everyone, we're just kind of filling out everyone else in that first movie, you know. Like, man. Aragorn. I have to go Aragorn, you know? I mean, he shows up as Strider and, and helps rescue Frodo and them. He's fighting off the Nazgul. Um, he's really great. I, I think he's great in all three movies. You know, Vigo's amazing. He's probably my favorite character overall. The whole story, I love Aragorn. The whole, you know, becoming the king and the whole flirting with Eowyn and him being stupid and going to Arwen. I love his <laughs> He's so good at that. I, I've always wanted to be a swordsman because one of the reasons is because he's so badass at it. Yep. Um, and he's so tender and like emotional with his fellowship. Like really, like he's such good friends with them all. He cares for them. Like the embrace he always, when he gives Legolas towards the end, one of the best scenes ever when they bow, everyone bows to the, to the hobbits. So, uh, so I, you know, if I had to throw someone else in the ring for fellowship, Aragorn. Great, Nam. 
it's it's a good nom. I I just want to get it out of the way that Aragorn uh, broke his toe in the two towers and not in Fellowship. <laughs> so if we're gonna vote him for for any of the movies, it's got to be the one he sustained an injury from. <laughs> okay, Anna, who's who's your vote? Are you voting for Boromir? It kills me to say that, but that death scene was just second to none. I have to give it, I don't, I'm not even going to say Boromir. Sean Bean. Phenomenal acting. I have to go with Boromir. All right. Kyle, your vote. Yeah, just because this is like not only like the character that shines, but the performance, I I also have to vote for, for Sean Bean because like, you expect him to die and everything. And this is a big reason why I think this like kicked it off. I mean, he wasn't, he didn't have that like not- notoriety when fellowship came out, but um, yeah, he, like, he, he just plays the role so well. He's, you want to hate him in certain scenes and he does a great job of walking that line, like not being too irredeemable, like his fucking asshole father. Um, and he's so endearing in other scenes, like when he's like, you know, wrestling with Pippi, Pippi, Mary and Pippin. Um, <laughs> uh, and then his sacrifice is just, it's great. And him, you know, another one I could have thrown up for best quote was, I would have followed you to the end, my brother, my captain, my king. Like his line, his line delivery there is perfect. It's it's really, really good. It flips the script and you immediately feel bad for this character. And he's he's great. So that's my vote as well. Yeah, I'm voting for Boromir. I mean, Sean Bean... Imagine him in the all three movies. Those would have been such great performances. The fact that we only get him in one, and he's, he kills it. Like, he really does. He kills it so much he's killed. Um, it's so heartbreaking seeing him take those arrows for, for Merry and Pippin. Uh, and when you see him, he, when he realizes what he did when he was trying to get the ring from Frodo, you see, like, so much going through his, his mind and his eyes. It's so heartbreaking. I love Sean Bean. I love watching him die. It's super fun because he does it so well. This is probably my favorite, really. Like it, it, it holds so much emotion. And honestly, his character is mentioned so much in the other two movies. Like he's not just a character that dies and then is gone. He's a shadow looming over the other two movies. Like as we mentioned, Denethor is an asshole who just wishes Bormir wasn't dead you know so he, he kind of rings what we we some some people think i wish we would have gotten more of boromir i know anna hates him but yeah that, that's my vote when you look at who his father is though it really helps round out the character because his father's just so corrupt so naturally he's going to be more corrupt and prone to corruption from the ring but yeah it's sean bean everything he does is beautiful no complaints facts and the winner of Valedictorian of Fellowship is... Sean Bean as Boromir. The nominees for Valedictorian of Two Towers are... All right, on to the Two Towers. One of my favorite number twos in any sequels, any trilogies. So good. Anna, who's your nominee for Valedictorian? So... This is going to a specific actor who played two characters. I'm going to give it to Jonathan Rhys Davies because he played Treebeard and Gimli. So he did double duty and his voice acting 
as Treebeard was just second to none. It was beautifully done, hands down, iconic, stunning, zero complaints. I have to give it to Jonathan. Love it. Kyle, your nominee? Uh, yeah, I, so you talked about him earlier, Damon, but I have to, I got to give it to Andy Circus for Smeagol slash Gollum. I mean, he, he, this easily could have been like the Jar Jar Binks of the Lord of the Rings movies. Like he could have been such a fucking annoying character, but he, he just plays it so well. And there's, I don't know, there's so much going on in his face, All, you know, with it being a mocap performance, he really has to rely on that anyway. But like he just, yeah. I mean, also, this is not related to the award, but looking at the career that it spawned and the fact that he is like the king of mocap now is also really impressive. But yeah, he he t- he takes this character who, again, easily could have been just a nothing character, and he gives him so much depth. Like you have the scene where he's arguing back and forth with himself. You have I mentioned like the scene where he is basically like an abused puppy, um, and yeah. He he just he also has some great like witty one liners. Uh, I love taking the I, that could have been a meme pick too when he says you know you don't have any friends and just being like this is me when I wake up in the morning uh, like that entire conversation. <laughs> um, like he, he's just great. He has like enough comedic timing to pair with just like the nastiness of the character and yeah he's he's perfect. I, I love me some some Gollum. I love it. All right, my nominee is Deja Vu. Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn. <laughs> uh, you know, he was actually pretty high on my list for this one. I, th- I think he really shines throughout Two Towers. Like I said before, all the scenes he has with Eowyn, this is when we start kind of seeing the the seeds being sowed of of him be becoming back as the king, you know, the heir of Isildur. Um, I love all that setup. I love watching him just, you know, grow with, the with Gimli and Legolas, you know, they're still on the hunt. They're trying to find Mary and Pippin. Uh, the scene where he falls off the cliff is great, you know, uh, and he comes back all grimy, opening the doors, one of the coolest door openings ever of all time. Like, it's so good. Like, I remember them having that in the trailers, you know, like, that's cool. And then you see it in the movie, it's like, oh, that's even cooler, like, knowing where he came from and how he got back. And I, I just, he holds so much presence throughout the fight of Helm's Deep. Um, and I, I just love Aragorn. Once again, I got a rep for him, so that's my nominee. It's a solid draft. Yeah, I think I think if he was gonna win for any of the three movies, it would probably be this one. I mean, I know like he's the t- the title character in Return of the King, but he. <laughs> Yeah, he really shines in this. Like you said, like his di- his back and forth with um, Aowen is great. I agree about the door scene. It's a very attractive moment. Uh, he, yeah, I, I kind of have to like, now that I, I was a dick and said the joke earlier, I kind of have to commit to it. Like he did break his toe filming this movie. So like you got to give it to him for that. <laughs> uh, Method acting. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who are we thinking for voting, uh, Anna? Who are you going to roll with? I'm actually going to go with Gollum. Originally, I was going to go with Jonathan, but unfortunately, Kyle has convinced me to go with Andy Serkis. And when you really think about it, he wasn't really in costume. He was in this ugly green screen outfit 
just crawling around being a weirdo on the floor right and it's all voice acting really uh, the raw and wriggling line Ugh. and he's really having a converse the most person he's having dialogue with is himself technically in the two towers and he just pulled it off so beautifully and like kyle said it really helped put his career in the forefront, right? Like he's one of the two Tolkien white guys in Black Panther with Martin Freeman. Um, you know, it's just, he's a phenomenal actor. I have to give it to him for this one. If he's going to win it for any of the three films, it has to be Two Towers. All right, Kyle, what's your vote? Yeah, I... I have to stick with him as well. I I think, sadly, I have another pick for the next one, but I think his performance of all three movies, his best one is the opening of that movie. Um, but yeah, just across the board, I think he just like, I wouldn't say he carries this movie because the, the cast is all fantastic, but he just like, I wish I had seen this in the theater. You know, I'm obviously the the baby of this podcast so i was you know very young when it came out but i i wish i had been there to like experience this character for the first time just it, it must have been insane so i gotta stick with uh with Gollum. i want to humble brag and say i saw two towers in return of the king in theaters and that's, was fantastic that's so. correct jamin it was amazing Return of the King kind of sucked, though, because it was a really long movie. And, you know, when you have a ton of popcorn and, and sugar, <laughs> trying to sit there for a very long time is difficult, but it, it was great in theater. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I want to give a shout out to, to Jonathan and Rice Davies just because pulling double duty with Gimli and Treebeard, like, barum. I, I love Treebeard. I think I like Treebeard, Treebeard more every watch. You know, he just really grows on you. Oh, you're wow. so punny. That was rough, man. <laughs> I didn't mean it as a pun, but once I said it, I was like, that's definitely a pun. But in Gimli, Gimli's really like on his A game in Two Towers. Like every other line he says is gold. Like the whole Helm's Deep, like he said before, you can't see him over the <laughs> the castle. He's just standing beside Legolas. You just can't see him out. He gets tossed by Aragorn. I mentioned the marathon and the uh, natural sprinter line earlier. Um, he, he's, you know, he's really electric on screen with just about everybody, really. And then Treebeard, you have him along with Marion Pippin. I, I love that. The March of the Ents was almost going to be my nominee for musical moment. I, I really like that one. But it's Gollum. It, it really is. Gollum, like I said before, is one of my favorite parts of the Two Towers. I, I was rooting for him. I wanted to see the redemption come. And then when you realize his story isn't about redemption, it's about something more. It's like, oh, crap. Like, and I like him just as much in Return of the King. But Two Towers is really when I like I felt like I was on his side. I was like, he, he has something going for him. And Andy Serkis just pulls that off so well. The talking back and forth is so well done. The way they do the shooting, you know, showing him from one side and then going to the next. I love his voice also like such a very distinct voice is Gollum. You know, everyone, everyone pretty much tries to imitate it now. And also the best line reading ev ever. Okay, guys, what is taters precious? <laughs> oh. 
it's one of the honestly i think it might be the most iconic line in the whole trilogy just because it's so funny <laughs> and so relatable it's like who doesn't love a good potato Gollum, because he's a weirdo he doesn't even know what it is <laughs> oh but yeah it's it's got to be andy circus he, he's got to win that one valedictorian of two towers is andy circus as smeagol slash Gollum. the nominees for the return of the king are the third and final valedictorian award for return of the king anna who's your nominee it's clearly samwise gamgee there is no question about it i will not be taking questions at this time he carried our boy frodo up a mountain he dragged him out of the mountain through a lava pit he fought through a whole army of orcs to rescue his homie. No questions. It has to be Samwise because without Sam, the whole mission would have failed. Facts. Kyle, you're nominee. Yeah, this, now this is just nominating for second place at this point. But uh, <laughs> I, I do have to shout out Billy Boyd as Pippin. Um, I mentioned earlier that like the journey him and Mary, but the journey that he goes on in this movie is really great. That kind of, I, I loved that on this rewatch. Um, I think that he, like the whole trilogy, he's maybe the most relatable Hobbit because he just wants to have a good time. And I don't think he understands the stakes of what they're doing. And then it finally hits him in return of the King. And he sees like firsthand what's happening and it really like changes him. And then we can make fun of it all we want with the, I'm not going to mention it scene, uh, but the Thank song you. that he sings during that scene is beautiful. And like that encapsulates this journey that he's going on in this movie. He's really like lost his innocence. And yeah, I just saw a video on YouTube of Billy Boyd at a comic con like two years ago singing it sounds the exact same because he's got a phenomenal voice. Um, but I, I think that he, he and the other hobbits are all fantastic in all three movies, but Pippin gets a lot of like really great screen time in this one, and he's just yeah, he knocks out of the park. Real quick, am I missing something with the Pippin song scene? Why are y'all not a fan of it? No, I am. I am. Beautiful. It's Anna. I love the song. I don't have an issue with the song. It's what happens in the scene that I have an issue with. Okay. Do you just hate what happens, or you not like how it how it happens? Talking about Denethor, just eating those damn town. tomatoes. I don't know oh, if we can say eating. It's so I don't know gross. If we can say eating. Sexually assaulting right. those that tomatoes. Is when he eats yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, it, it is rough. It, I'll give you that. It's rough. But I even think that's kind of like poetic too, because it's like like juxtaposing him doing this really beautiful thing with like the ugliness of what's happening around him. I think it's great, but it is very disturbing. <laughs> All Listen, right. If it was like anything but tomatoes, it would have been fine. Like the chicken, you know, like maybe some vegetables, a potato, even wine like pouring down his mouth. The 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 tomato juice was just so ugh, it's rough. It's a rough moment. I can never watch it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So I, I know who's winning this one, but I, I figured I'd give a shout out to someone who really hasn't gotten much love. Uh, people don't really like his character, but I mean, he was kind of, you know, carrying the burden 
of the name of the whole freaking thing, you know, Elijah Wood as Fredo Baggins, I think, portrays this character who's pretty much being consumed by darkness the entire time, and he just keeps on going and going, and you see he just looks, he keeps looking more faint and more sulking. Like, he's like, oh, you can easily see how Gollum, like, Smeagol turned into Gollum. You know, it's just eating away at your your being. And I, I feel like Elijah Wood did a really good job at showing that. Like, I, I thought without, I don't, I think in a, a p- person doing that role, not as good of a job as Elijah, I don't think we enjoy these movies as much. I really don't. I think he, he does a really good job at portraying Frodo. I hate, I, I hate how he's acting. You like, the, you know, he throws Sam to the wayside and everything, but the way it's done, I, I think Elijah kills it. So had to give some love to our boy. Yeah, that's a totally fair nomination. Elijah's facial acting in this whole movie was great. Second only to Miranda Otto, her savior. Um, <laughs> really, and he's got these beautiful blue eyes that you can just see as he's like falling into darkness, even though they're still the same beautiful blue. It You can just see how corrupt it is. And while Frodo as a character sucks, I think Elijah did a really good job with the direction that he was given from PJ. PJ. Are you just on like nickname basis with? Oh yeah. We're best friends. We text all the time. (laughs) You should have stopped him from making the the Hobbit Hobbit movies. then. (laughs) Listen, the Hobbit movies are trash, but I enjoy them. (laughs) Uh, I do too. I really do. But yes, they are trash. Okay. So voting, are we just all in agreement that Sam wise Gamgee wins this one? Like, I think we have to like, Anna already said it, but he, like he, the character and the performance are the MVP of this movie because the ring is not destroyed if not for him. And also, like Sean Astin's great in all three. He, I think Anna mentioned that like all the hobbits are really ugly criers, but like he just breaks <laughs> your breaks your heart when he's crying. Like when he uh, when they split up because Gollum frames him, and like Frodo tells him to go home. It's fucking devastating because he just wants to help his friend and he's just sitting there at the bottom of the stairs just crying and it's just, oh, it's rough. That and then, of course, the iconic carrying him up the, the mountain and then also an- another moment where he you think it's like, oh, hope is lost again when Fro- the fucking idiot Frodo, you know, is like, no, I want the ring literally in front of Mount Doom and Sam's like, this motherfucker. Like, he's just like, come on, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he literally and metaphorically carries the movie he's he's fantastic he really is i i I always try to go back to the scene where he's walk going back down the uh the stairs the secret stairway and like he falls on his face and sees the bread and he's just like i like all that's going through his head is he's got to get back to frodo like frodo's in danger he's got to do everything he can to help mr frodo so everything about this this movie and his performance makes it one of my favorite movies Anna, you're voting for this one, right? I think. Oh, absolutely. But when you think about it, Sam is actually Frodo's gardener, right? Frodo's technically Sam's boss. Yeah. So when you talk about employee appraisals, that boy needs a promotion. <laughs> right? I, I don't know. Make him like the, the head of the Shire or something. I don't know. He Landscaper. At least a pay raise. 
least a couple bucks an hour. It's true. You know, real quick, I always found that weird how like that was like they always made sure to mention that like he was his gardener. Like, were they saying they weren't even friends or like he was literally his boss and he decided to go with them on this crazy journey? Like that still kind of blows my mind. That's what makes it so difficult. Yeah, because he's like, I don't know if they even you see them together at the beginning at, at the birthday. But like. Yeah, I don't know that Frodo even thinks of him as a friend before the movie begins, which is just devastating because Sam is like, everyone wants a Sam as a friend in their life. So, yeah, Frodo doesn't deserve it. Get a friend. I want like Sam as a husband. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like you. Lucky lucky Hobbit. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The valedictorian for Return of the King is. Sean Astin as Samwise Gamgee. The nominees for Best Memory are... Best Memory, or otherwise the best moment or scene in the entire series. We're not doing three, we're doing just one for this one. The very best. Anna, what's your nominee? Okay, so photographically, I have to... I, I would pick the beacons are lit just as a whole scene, but obviously there's no real actors in that scene other than Pippin. So that's really not the ideal one to pick. So I'm going to go with you shall not pass. I think out of the whole trilogy, that is the one where the theme of death and loss really becomes prevalent. And it's like, oh, well, you know what, guys? There's actually some real consequences to this journey. People are going to die. This isn't just a walk through the woods. This is, this is really problematic, and people are going to get hurt throughout this whole process. And Frodo was really good friends with Gandalf, right? He wasn't just losing a friend. He was, like, losing that crazy uncle that shows up to birthday parties and there was a real bond there and that's devastating. Luckily, obviously we got Gandalf back, but that's still very hurtful. And then you just see the shock of Aragorn and Boromir carrying Frodo out of the mines of Moria. And then you have this whole tragic scene afterwards of all the hobbits ugly crying, except for Frodo because he's weird and he walks off into the distance. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, clearly the pick the the graphics aged super well too considering this the fellowship was in a one right the whole series aged well honestly it really did that's like that's such a good scene i love that scene and it's it's darren's what is it darren's bane durin's bane durin's bane not darren durin okay fair um kyle what's your nominee um, hmm, this is rough. I'm torn between two. I want to. I don't think this one has a very good chance. So I just want to shout it out. Uh, the prologue in Fellowship, I think, is really slept on because that like could easily have been just a boring exposition scene to set things up. But it's so cool, especially because it's the first thing you see of this movie. Um, and you get like Galadriel's narration. You get the incredible stuff with uh, Sauron and, and the Ring and I just think it's incredible. It's a, it's a great way to set the the story up. But 
I think I have to go with like flipping it to the other side of the story. Um, Aragorn's coronation and then the specific moment of them, everyone bowing to the, the hobbits because like that's an iconic moment. We've already talked about it with like the quote you bow to no one, but that I think that sums up like the story has led to that in a lot of ways. It, there's a lot of themes about small people making a big difference and, and doesn't matter like who you are, your actions are what count. And I think that's like that, that theme, you know, personified. Um, and then just like the, <laughs> the, the facial acting from all four hobbits is also great. They're all just like very uncomfortable and awkward. And like, why is everyone bowing to us? <laughs> uh, it's great. I think it's a really beautiful moment. It's a great way to cap off um, a movie that has like 16 different epilogues, but I think that's the best one. So it's actually interesting that you brought up the prologue for fellowship because that was originally supposed to be a two minute intro. Oh, wow. And it, like seven to eight minutes and i think elijah wood was originally supposed to be the voiceover for that and then they switched it to kate blanchett which obviously would not have hit the same yeah and considering galadriel is a holder of a ring of power i think it really gives it more impact to the story because she was really there when it started yeah the movie's really busted if that wouldn't have worked right yeah like big that has to suck you in that has to get you invested in what's going on Hmm. Those are two really good nominees. I'm going to go with, with one of my favorite scenes in all of it, and it just gets better every time I watch it, um, especially this time, because I just really was drawn to her whole character. But uh, I'm going with Eowyn takes down the Witch King. Like, Classic. You know, she's crawling towards her, you know, she's she's just, you know, she gets hit by his huge-ass mace. That just, that swinging massive thing is insane. And then you 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 know you she's about to get hit, and then you have our boy Mary just stab him in the leg, and he goes down, and she just of course rips the helmet off, is like I'm no man, and just stabs him straight in the face, and I just love how he just like shrinks, it's just like just like a metal can just getting like mm-hmm. obliterated, and it and it's gone, um, and really just the build up to that whole scene in that moment, you know, just her she took down an elephant like no problem, just slid it down and. And was just ready to go, and then just t- takes down the uh, Witch King. I-, I love it. It's it's super epic. It makes that whole fight, that whole battle scene, worth it in my eyes. So at a at a nominee that it's phenomenal, phenomenal pick. I'm gonna keep my thoughts about that scene to myself because I don't want to detract from one of the best feminist moments in fantasy. But it, it is a really good pick. And especially when she's like crawling towards Theoden to like to be with him when he dies. It's just really powerful stuff. It is. Really surprised no one drafted uh, the Battle of Isengard with the Ents and Fangorn Forest because that was a good one. That yeah. was. That is a good scene. And then you have the whole theme of environmentalism versus capitalism playing into it. Right, and the forest is actually fighting back. Fighting back. <laughs> I I almost yeah. went with Frodo reunites with everyone, you know, when like he's in the bed and he wakes up, and Gandalf's just standing there, and Merry and Pippin come in, and Gandalf just laughs and laughs, and he's like, oh, oh, oh just really in slow mo, and everyone's jumping around, and I, it, it's so corny, but it's it's still really heartwarming. Uh, I I like that scene. I had to give a shout out to that one. Gives you the warm fuzzies. It does. It does. Those hobbits are really good at that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, what are we leaning towards? Anna, what do you think you're going to vote for? I'm trying to think objectively. Because that's what we do here. Think <laughs> I know. <laughs> no emotion, right. just objective thinking. <laughs> Kyle, remind me of your two picks again. I just want to make sure I have them both correct. Well, I don't want to cheat, but... My one pick is the is you bow to no one in Return of the King. Okay. And of course, Aowen takes down the Witch King. Okay. Keeping my own thoughts aside, I'm going to have to go with Aowen taking down the Witch King. I just think graphic-wise, it stood up really well. You know, if Aowen did not bring Mary along, would she have actually been able to kill the Witch King without Mary's distraction? So there's the whole theme of teamwork being brought into it. You know, there's the whole feminist aspect of it. There's the familial aspect. It's just, yeah, perfect. Gotta go with that one. All right. Kyle, what's your vote? Yeah, I I think, I don't know if this is like the right way to think about it, but like, as far as things like cross, um, cross fandoms and like i think even people who haven't seen these movies know like you shall not pass like i think that's the one if someone mentions lord of the rings that's the one image or line that like comes up and it's just such an iconic moment it's also just like the fantasy genre at its best you know like you got this you have this really amazing heroic sacrifice and also this really cool looking uh beast and like i yeah I think I have to go with that because it's like that. I I don't know if I can, I have a distinct memory of watching this movie for the first time, but I know that moment is one that really like turns the tide and like gets you invested. And yeah, it's a serious threat. And like, you feel how intimidating the, the Balrog is. And it's just, it's an iconic scene. Cool. I don't know what we're going to do. Cause I vote, vote for a, uh, my friends, you bow to no one. <laughs> oh no scene in the entire like i watched the trilogy so i can watch that scene because the feels i get hit me every single time like it's super warm and like i'm like oh there comes the tears like it's just you of course they look so awkward but like it's just everyone bows and like aragorn is so sincere about it like he's like you you saved everyone and like it's just it hits me i'm getting goosies thinking about it um yeah so i don't know we have a three-way tie y'all um okay uh, if one of us has to change our vote i can change mine because i was honestly torn between witch king and durin's bane so i can change my vote to durin's bane all right I think it has more pop culture significance than the Witch King. I mean, there's that one scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall where Jason Segal is <laughs> like in his house and he's just screaming, you shall not pass. And that's literally all of us at the beginning of quarantine in 2020. So, mm-hmm. oh. yeah. This hurts me. I'm sad that the bowing didn't win. but It is. It is a testament, though, that we did end up with that tie because they're all three. I think those were the three correct choices, and all three of them could easily be the winner here. So honestly, I 
if I was going to pick solely on artistic ability alone, I really would have drafted the beacons being lit just because you really get to see the beauty that is the New Zealand landscape, which isn't really featured as prominently in other aspects of the film because you have all the graphics, you have the fighting, you have the actors coming in and out. And in that scene, you were able to focus on it and the score, which was gorgeous. That's true. But obviously, you need the cast to win. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and You Shall Not Pass is, is really one of the best scenes and moments in, in Fellowship. I remember watching that for the first time and just being like, holy shit, Gandalf's gone? And like you just kind of feel that throughout the, the rest of the group like going forward. It really changes the mood of the movie. It really, like, shit gets serious after that. So it's a really, really big swing. I'm, I'm okay with it winning. I'm a little hurt, but... It's deserving. It is. Um, it's not like it was a bad pick, right? If it was one of those scenes where it was like, oh, I don't, I'm trying to think of like a really bad scene other than the tomatoes that I don't really want to bring up, which was not a bad scene artistically. Artistically, that was a very beautiful scene. Actually, I don't really think there was a bad. I scene. What the direction was for John Noble in that scene? <laughs> he told just he go just, to town. just be as sloppy and messy as possible, John. Just, just, just be go. Just disgusting as you can possibly be. Re- <laughs> like, repulse everybody in the theater. Oh. You know what they did is they kept him away from the craft table that entire day shooting, and he hadn't eaten the entire day. So they're like, "All right, go wild, man! It's all yours." <laughs> this is when you can actually eat. <laughs> the winner of best memory is. Gandalf versus Durin's Bane, The Fellowship of the Ring. The nominees for Game of the Year are... Game of the Year. All right. Best movie. Um, should we even nominate, or should we just talk about which one we want to vote for? Yeah, I mean... Well, there's us, so only just... three, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We, we've all nominated one, essentially. Um... Anna, what are your thoughts on all three movies, and which one do you do you kind of lean towards as your favorite? So when you think about Fellowship, you have that absolute banger of a track in the Shire, right? It's really subtle, but it builds, and it gives you really like a warm feeling. It kind of feels like you're at home, right? And you feel safe. And then obviously... You build up and then you go to Bree and then you have that phenomenal river scene with Liv Tyler and the horses in the Nazgul and then you go off to Rivendell and then you have that great fight scene in the mines and then you have the death of Boromir. So I think in terms of overall character arc in a shorter period of time, fellowship is where it's at. If you're looking for a really great fight scene, that's really all Two Towers is, right? It's two really badass fight scenes. You have the Ents, which is essentially the forest fighting back against capitalism, right? And then you have the underdogs that are fighting against the bad guys, right? Which honestly still really drives me crazy because it's like, why would you pigeon yourself, hole yourself into a corner? Why? It's like that scene of lord of the rings oh you're gonna fight the dead so you're gonna go hide in a crypt really that's that's what you're gonna do 
Um, but all things aside, graphics-wise and stunt-wise, there are some great things in that movie. You have Gimli being thrown across the gap. You have Orlando Bloom skateboarding down. You have Haldir's death. You have that really great explosion. So there's definitely some cool aspects of that movie. So if you want to go with stunt work and just overall action sequences, you got to go to Towers, right? But then when you look at Return of the King, that's really when all of the stories are wrapping up. And I think out of the three movies, it's the most artistic, right? You have the scene that shall not be mentioned um, with Pippin's song. You have that really great speech from Aragorn. You have the second half of that movie is just an absolute banger soundtrack-wise. When we were binging it earlier, every five minutes I was like, no, this is going to be the best musical moment. No, actually, it's going to be this one. No, really, I think I'm going to be this one, right? Um, And then at the end... kind of like your home but home feels a little bit uncomfortable because you've outgrown what you thought was safe and then it's really about moving past that journey into the unknown which is the gray havens and you get some really beautiful ugly crying at the end so i think in terms overall solely as a film I will have to go with Return of the King because of the soundtrack, because of the cinematography, the graphics, and the conclusion of the storyline. I think the acting in Return of the King was far superior than the first two because they built on that chemistry. I, I dig it. Kyle, how do you feel about the trilogy as a whole and separately? Yeah, it really is one of the strongest movie trilogies because you could make a case for any one of the three being the best movie. Um, like, I want to be objective about it because I think objectively it's probably Fellowship. Just the script is the tightest and they had the most work to do in setting things up. But I also really love... I mean, my favorite Harry Potter book is Deathly Hallows because I love a good emotional payoff for a story. Um, and that's what that's all Return of the King is, is it's emotional payoff. And just like... Like Anna said, just very artistic displays of that. And it, yeah, it just bring things, brings things to a close in a very satisfying way. I don't know how you could leave that movie and like still have questions about the story because things are wrapped up in such a good way. And I think that this really doesn't matter. But of the three movies, this is the one that, you know, tied for the record for most Oscar wins with 11 Academy Awards. And I think that's really incredible. Again, the Academy usually doesn't matter, but the fact that they even acknowledged a genre movie like that, and you know, none of them are acting Oscars. It's all just technical stuff, which is really cool. Um, but I-, I love that it got so much recognition. I think that catapulted it into the mainstream even more. Um, and yeah, it- it's just, it- it's the perfect conclusion to a really huge story, which is a very daunting thing. Um, and especially when you think of the fact that they filmed them all, you know, back to back to back, I imagine wrapping the third one must have been like a really emotional experience for all of them. Um, so, yeah, I think that in terms of just payoff and, and satisfying conclusion, it's got to be Return of the King. 
I I love this trilogy. It is my favorite trilogy. Like I I really it really is. Each movie is special to me in its own way. Fellowship, you, you know, you're just on that journey with them. Like it's so fun seeing them all together before they're broken up. I, I love Fellowship for that. The fights uh, in the mines is one of my favorite underrated scenes. You know, you have Frodo getting trying to get stabbed and he's just uh, freaking. It's Pippin, right? That knocks the skeleton to the to the well. And Gan- Gandalf's look is like, are you serious? Like, really? I, why did I bring this guy? Like, <laughs> he just he has that look in every single movie at one point. He's like, this took is going to be the death of me. And of course, in this first one, he he is the death of him. <laughs> um, Two Towers is it's you, you get the the juxtaposition of the the Aowen and Aragorn connection and just really everyone kind of vibing together before you really get into the action. And then the action, once it hits, it's just full blown. It's so good. You're wrapped up in it entirely. It's funny and intense, which is really hard to do. Like a lot of times the funny will take you out of it. Every time in this, it really just enhances it. It doesn't take away from anything. Return of the King is emotionally rewarding in so many ways. It's one of my favorite movies I've ever seen in theaters. Like I said, I bawled when when they nailed to uh, to the Hobbits, okay? And I still will. I did it this past week when I watched it again. And I think I like Return of the King even more now because, like, I just, I love everything about it. I, I love Mary and Eowyn and their whole relationship getting on the battlefield. Pippin's journey, you know, with Faramir and, and tr- having to help Denethor. And uh, saving Faramir's life and everything. I, I love Aragorn and having to go get the uh, the men from the mountains. Um, and I just love Return of the King. Sam is, we've talked enough about Sam, but every really, he owns this movie. He's so courageous, really, in the heart of everything. In the heart of Mordor, he does what he has to because he knows someone has to. And he's not going to let Frodo do it by himself. So it's got to be Return of the King. The winner of Game of the Year is... The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. All right, and that does it. That That is the Effies, Lord of the Rings. I think we, I think we did uh, a good job of handing out the correct awards. Um, thank you, guys. That was super fun. A big thank you to Katie uh, you know, for announcing our, our show and, and the categories. Anna, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're so welcome. This was so fun. Okay. Now, we can't, we can't talk about Lord of the Rings without, you know, a little bit of a discussion about what's coming next. Because the great thing is that this universe is still going. We've got a TV show coming out. So what are your guys' like general, I don't know, thoughts, uh, impressions, expectations for this show? Anna, take it away. Well, the budget for this show is huge it's astronomical i think the last time i checked it was like 465 million something like that so definitely gonna expect big things now we have to remember this is a prequel so lord of the rings the trilogy and the hobbit are set in the third age the show is set in the second age so this is and the second age was like three thousand years long so it really kind of depends. I know that they dra- they cast someone for Galadriel. So there are going to be some familiar faces in the show. 
hot Sauron definitely going to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, that's what I'm I'm expecting. Um, they did cast the guy who played Benjamin Stark in Game of Thrones Ooh. in the show. And he was phenomenal as Benjamin, so I'm really excited to see the role that he's going to play. I love Benjamin. Benjamin's awesome. Such a fun character for, like, all of five minutes of screen time. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm looking at the cast right now, and I, I, maybe I missed this, but I thought um, Will Poulter had been cast in a lead role. I don't think he's listed here. Um. So he must have dropped out. Actually, now that I think about it, I think the guy who plays Benjamin replaced him. But other than that, like I don't recognize any of these people, and I love that. I love that they're bringing all these faces in that are not super well known. Um, yeah, I don't recognize the actress who's playing Galadriel, and that's exciting. I don't know anything about this era for you know Middle Earth, and that's exciting as well. Uh, I'm not even going to try to read the Cimmerillion before the, <laughs> before the series <laughs> comes out. Uh, maybe I'll read it someday. Who knows? But I, I'm excited. I, I think the budget thing is a good, good call because the more money there is in this, the more, uh, you know, they can pour into those incredible Lord of the Rings images. Like I, I really hope they don't go the Hobbit route and just over CGI it. But I think that. It being on Amazon is interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, I do. We know anything about like plot details yet? It's uh, just second age, right? Yeah, other than second age, we don't really know anything. People were speculating it was going to be like young Aragorn, which would have been cool, but I feel like that's too close to the actual story to really be effective. Um, yes. The really so, great thing about this cast is that it's more diverse. Then, while the original trilogy was the perfect casting, great having people of color in Middle Earth. If you're going to sit there and tell me there's no people of color in the Shire, like you're crazy. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope we get to see the Shire again. Um, but yeah, it'll just be really interesting to see how they fold that in. And there are some rumors about nudity and sex. So I'm like, is it going to be Game of Thrones 2.0 or is it going to be tastefully done? Unclear. We don't really know with Amazon. Amazon's done a like plethora of different kind of shows. They're not afraid to go Game of Thronesy. Like, I mean, we've seen The Boys. Like, that pushes the envelope. So it it could be, I don't know, it could be Game of Thrones ish. We'll have to see. I think Amazon's... I, I really do think Amazon's the right company to do this. I hate Amazon. I hate them. But those <laughs> recently have been amazing. I mean, we've had Invincible, The Boys, Upload is a very underrated TV show. Um, I just really want to see what they do. I, I honestly have no opinion on it other than I hope... The Second Age is when they created The Rings, correct? Anybody? Was it? I, I honestly don't remember. Because yeah. that's when Sauron was coming into power, right? Because the, the end of the Second Age is when Sauron's defeated. Is that correct? Or am I getting things mixed up? Sounds that about sounds right. right but well, I, I would love to see Sauron do the whole ring thing. I would love to see the 
the origin story of all the rings. I think that would be really cool. Other than that, I don't know what else to expect. Like uh, Kyle said, I don't really know any of these people, but I'm super excited for more Lord of the Rings stuff, especially stuff I don't know anything about. I, I feel like uh, it'll be a fr- uh, breath of fresh air, so I can't wait for it. Yeah. I want a Radagast. I don't want a Tom Bombadil. Just cast Radagast. Do what you cowards. <laughs> we um, love Radagast. <laughs> favorite thing about that other trilogy that happened. Uh, yeah, I, I think that sums it up. Just not knowing is like the best part. Like not knowing what to expect is really exciting. Um, I do agree about Amazon. We we hate Jeff Bezos on this podcast, but <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos. Don't <laughs> uh, say that. He's gonna come after us. They He's uh, not people. <laughs> they they do put out re- very good series. Damon, can I tell you who who created Upload? Um, it's uh, who is it? It's the person from uh, The Office, right? Yes, it is. It's Greg Daniels who created your favorite show, The Office. Yeah, that's, that's incorrect. <laughs> he, he's a funny guy. I just don't like the funny of The Office. I I don't. I I, sh- I should okay. We're I, I've said this multiple times, but real quick before we go. I don't think The Office is unfunny. I just don't like The Office. It just doesn't work for me. I am very aware that it's very funny for a lot of people, but it just doesn't click for me. That's all. But his other shows, like Upload, I think he has another one that I think is pretty funny. Uh, Okay, no, I take that back. Space Force was not very funny at all. Oh, that was him too. Yeah, forgot about that. Honestly, I kind of just blacked out on the last two minutes there and all i heard was damon was on on board with uh hot sauron so that's my takeaway from this episode (laughs) (laughs) in the last episode now we're getting hot sauron you know let's just (laughs) get all the hot people i'm down for it let's do it but the question is does sauron fuck hopefully we'll find out well well i don't yeah i I think we should just end on that Oh boy! Thank you, Anna. Thank you, everyone. We um, we'll see you guys next week. We, next week is going to be a fun one. We're talking about '90s movies with our good pal Micah. So it'll be a bloodbath because we all love movies from the '90s. <laughs> Until then, guys. We'll see y'all. Bye.